Chest, test, test. Say someone's blades. Yo. Okay. Was... Yeah. Uh, you sound good like that. You don't need to put them on. You actually sound I'm better. I can, yeah, I can actually hear you quite clear. Uh, yeah, just when you chime in, like, uh, just keep talking. Otherwise, it's gonna, uh, our voice will drown you out. Satisfied to all my niggas get it. See, you hit it, then I hit it. We get it back to split. And Big B, that nigga with me flying through your hood. Hood rats scoping with their eyes on my good. See, we date them like we hate them. See them like we don't need them. Treat them like we meet them. And never give them freedom. And we only give our number to select a few. And it's best that you never knew what good headed do. Turn a freak to a bisexual. And if she's flexible, fuck the nigga next to you. The world is filled. About those I know oh, yeah. oh, Play on, play on You know, play on. know. The world oh, is mine Can't you see oh. I'm just trying oh, to be oh. all I can be Make it hot, oh. Oh. Remy's in the system, ain't no telling Will I fuck him, will I diss him? That's what these hoes yelling I'm a pimp by blood, not relation Y'all still chase on, I'll replace on huh? Drunk off dawn, silken gators Spitting words, make a bird till they flock See you later, whether drunk or high Skunk or tie, nigga play against a player Shit, slugs gon' fly, ain't gon' lie Pimped out her SSI Nigga, don't ask why, just respect it. She bought me the necklace, the bracelet, Benzo, she laced it. Cribbo got it, interior decorated. Now my popularity grew in each state. Now I got two in each state. Used to drink brew in each state. Now I pop bottles with models, larger stakes on larger stakes. Oh, the world is filled with pimps and hoes. We'll just talk about those I know. Stop lying. Stop. Pussy makes money. Stick to the business. Think 
about the real motherfuckers that lived it. Street life, pimp shit, make the whole respect the game. You bought the diamonds and cars, trick, that's a shame. Say what you want, but I still figure. She left you cause you couldn't be like them real niggas. She was a hustler by nature, and you was just faker than the average sense. She found a bad pimp, I'm too short. Alright, listeners, we are back. It is I, the one yes, and the one and only Jerome Williams, and I also have my good friend Kendall in the building. How you feeling, Kendall? Feeling great. Just want to share. Finally got my uh, Mitchell and Ness, Shaquille O'Neal jersey. Shaq, rip your sheet. He's my favorite player growing up, so you will never catch me ever wearing anything Laker related, but I have it. 1996, 97. Yeah. Shout out to that. Yeah, shout out to that. Angle Brewers. Hey, bro, this is how you know we're getting old because you got a Shaq. You got a Shaq Hardwood Classic joint, man. (laughs) Bro, I was like, I saw that. I was like, oh, we're getting old. (laughs) I was like 12. Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, and also, I have uh, my good friend Blaze in the building. How you feeling this week, brother? Yo, I'm feeling good, bro. Feeling good. About to play tonight in this fantasy football. Mm hmm. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, uh, I got behold this week. You going down? You going down, cracker? <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> you going down, sucker? Well, man, as, as y'all can see, we got a um, uh, no um, racial epithet, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can't call him a cracker because he bi- <laughs> he's biracial. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Show respect. Hey, hey, as y'all can see, I'm on all BS today because uh, today's yes, episode is brought by. I was about to say, he might be drunk. Yeah, and no, I ain't drunk yet. <laughs> Not yet, but I will be slurring by the end of this podcast. Hey, uh, hey, I, 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 had, I had to pull up too, kid. I said, man, I can't have my mans out here by himself. <laughs> right, right. I had to pull up too, man. <laughs> my Trey should be joining us later as listeners, so if, uh, if, uh, if y'all wonder where he at, he should be joining us uh, here shortly. Uh, he, he'll probably interrupt us, but it's all good. We used to interruptions on this uh, podcast. <laughs> But uh, let man, let's start off with this uh, first topic. Uh, I got uh, the, uh, bum boyfriends. Um, me, me and Kendall had to start having this conversation earlier because uh, I've been having people come to me with relationship issues, and and one of the one of the most popular ones I've been seeing is uh, niggas laying up basically and ain't doing ain't contributing to their household <laughs> <laughs> or their woman's household because it really ain't theirs. Uh, Garbage bag chronicles. I was just gonna say, keep the favorite thing: the garbage bag boys. The garbage bag boys. <laughs> the garbage bag boys up. Would you? Would, they would, garbage bag and they, and they PlayStation. That's right. Xbox, Xbox, and their favorite pair of shoes. Okay, okay. Would you care to expound so we can let our listeners in on this one? Yeah. So the garbage bag chronicles is uh, you know, basically men that just you know shack up. You know, or get get with some get with a get with a, a nice young woman who might be having shit going on for herself or lack thereof, um, and still just kind of uh, taking natural resources as we like to stay. Um, just basically not contributing to anything, uh, constantly just being a burden, uh, and basically looking for a second mama. I, I kind of like to say, um, and we just frown upon those brothers. We ain't we ain't here to shit on you, and we like I said, we not here to uh, act like we better than thou. But it's just like you know. I mean, after a certain age in your life, man, you got to get come to a point where you just cannot be a bum. 
Um, and then we just got to get past that. So, yeah, that's that's the Garbage Bag Chronicles. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't looking down nobody, but if we can sit up here and talk about Brittany Renner, you know what I'm saying, and and her right. uh, her acting the fool, we can sit up here and, and, and talk about these these cats who, who... Two sides to the coin. Right, that's right. right. Two sides to the coin, exactly. So we can sit up here and talk about these cats. Who, yeah, but we know we got a few since the Sally, so we just wanted to make sure that we we didn't want them to think we was coming, coming for them, you know, like how we had the last time. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I was, I was about to shoot them some bail because um, mm-hmm. I... I, I, I I know for a fact that most men don't hit their financial stride until they're about forty years old. You know what I'm saying? So if they if they ain't Kendall's waving the bucks glass, you got to say something, Kendall, so you pop up. Go bucks, go bucks, Just real quick. <laughs> hey man, that's a nice glass, man. Yeah, but, yeah, man. You know, you know. Kendall, you gonna start cutting me in, bro? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dog. These are like I swear to God, these is gifts. I think I might have got this from a Jack Daniels thing, yes. or like maybe. Maybe yeah. getting a bottle yeah. of Jack Daniels and they had it like in Milwaukee yeah. or something. You be having or all the, I, got it from, I think it was a gift though. Yeah, you be having all the clutch yes. shit. But since you cut me off, let me finish saying right. what I was saying. Yeah, you said something to me, man. <laughs> no, <you're> good. <laughs> it's all good. But uh um, but no, what I was saying about uh uh I was gonna shoot the the, the, the garbage bag boy some bells because like like literally like I said, I know men don't hit their financial stride until they're about forty. You know what I'm saying? So like sometimes, you know, you get it takes a minute for you to really get set and start contributing to your household. It's uh especially mm-hmm. uh black men. If if you want to go on blackdemographic.com, I think our median income across this country is about 20 grand or something like that. So about mm-hmm. 20 grand a year. So y'all can do your own research on that one, but I'm just trying to shoot, right. shoot them some bail. Uh, and another thing, if you plus, are- Plus, like you said, what's the opportunities that we, we always, we don't necessarily get the same opportunities in certain aspects with jobs and things like that, which is why some of that median income might be low too. So you absolutely right about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, exactly. So um, we, we can throw out hey, all no, the statistics. I, I agree with all that, but don't get these niggas no excuses. Man. No, for up. sure. Yeah, for sure. You definitely get your ass up though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at least if you're not gonna contribute. Definitely agree with all that though. Yeah, at least you're gonna. If at least if you're gonna contribute, you have to have a healthy sex life. Like I, I call it a hobosexual. <laughs> <laughs> a hobosexual. Yeah, so yeah, at least you got at least you got at least be delivering. Probably one of the only reasons you're there. Exactly. So you so yeah, I call it a hobosexual. <laughs> you can't you can't be you can't be playing two K all day and not blowing her back out. You definitely got to blow her back out <laughs> if, if you're not contributing, bro. Like you blow that back out. Uh-huh. You play two K, bro. Yeah, you, you got to especially if you got two K twenty two. She got you two K. 22 <laughs> you better go to work <laughs> right right <laughs> got you some vc you got you some vc right yeah you got that one man you gotta you gotta kick it in hey, straight oh, up. Oh, let, me, let me use your car real quick so i get some vcs these niggas kicking my ass <laughs> pure pay, pure uh microtransactions pay to play <laughs> My niggas at the park. I can't play with them. I need some <laughs> No, I don't even play 2K, and I know what that is. That's a damn shame, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's too many of y'all wasting, wasting that, uh, wasting, some, wasting too much time on them video games. Um, I, I, I did have an uh, interesting question. I can't take credit for this uh, topic, this next topic, but uh, um, it came across me from uh, was it Isaac Hayes uh, the third. Yeah, I think that's his son. It said Isaac at Isaac Hayes three. Mm-hmm. What I think is his, is his uh, IG. Let me change. Let me change the topic. On it the is his son. Right okay. He but did I, have like the blue check mark, so I assumed it was. I just didn't want to, you know, just make throw that out there. But mm-hmm. I, I would assume if he doing Isaac Hayes three, you know, without without reprimand, I'm sure that's his son. He yeah. looked just like him, so. Yeah, but as you can see, I just changed the uh, the question on the screen. Is 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 the minority mindset holding you back? Um, the reason this topic came across is because all of us are pretty much from the inner city. Uh, we grew up in neighborhoods that were pretty much impoverished. We didn't have uh, a lot of opportunities afforded to us, kind of like what we were speaking about earlier. Uh, and we also seen people uh, 
with money, people without money. No, largely, it was without money. If everybody, if the people that we saw getting money, they were typically doing some some something either uh, illegal, or you know they were kind of grandfathered into a good job or good career, some semblance of that nature. Um, but what we mean by the minority mindset is by feeling and acting as a minority, is that holding you back in, in your life versus uh, seeing people who are quote unquote minorities in this country, which we know we are war minority, but whatever. Um, seeing people uh, achieve stuff. Uh, um, does that help your mindset? And I and I, I can speak to it. I'll, I'll let Kendall go first because uh, he's re- recently located to relocated to Atlanta, um, which we know is a large group of black people down there that are actually getting to it, and um, and it's pretty mm-hmm. ins- inspira- ins- inspirational. But I'll, I'll let you speak on this. I don't want to hold it up too much. I just want to introduce the topic. Yeah, absolutely. So like, um, just basically in a, a place like Atlanta itself, you know, one of the highest populated areas for African Americans in this country. Um, basically, just attributed to that you. Like when I have conversations with people who are born and raised here in Atlanta, they'll say things like to me, like, like, man, I, I, I'm, you know, I don't, I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from with that culture shock because I've lived in it all my life. So I, I don't look at it the same way, you know, but what, but if they were to come to a place like Milwaukee or an inner city where maybe it's, you know, segregated policies or redlining and things like that, or lack of awareness or understanding, um, they, they, they can't see it the way that we do. But we, us, we live it. So like when I come, when I came to Atlanta for, well, this wasn't my first time. This, I've been to Atlanta a couple of times, but when I came here for a work-related um, uh, event, it was for a, a STEAM fair for science, technology, math, science, you know, basically, um, and or science, technology, engineering, uh, arts, and math. Sorry, and uh, basically it was for a junior achievements uh, program where we're trying to push technology in certain aspects and also teach the junior achievers. Um, here in Atlanta, um, some different aspects of technology and things that need to be brought up on in terms of staying up to date. And so like me just sitting in, in this area, I'm just sit, surrounded by all these black people and just trying to assist these these young kids and just seeing the community aspect of things. And, and I'm just like, man, like like when I was first there, like I was just like, man, I got to I got to move here. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I haven't seen this before. You know, I've seen it, but I, you know, maybe in a smaller subset of a community, but not the way that I've seen it in Atlanta. So some people get spoiled in a way when they're in this environment and they don't see it the way that we do because they have black doctors, they have they have you know maybe some family friends who are millionaires or things like that or grew up in those areas or were around success and they were able to, to kind of maximize that with their own life. So I think that you know it's it's just a beautiful thing to see and I love that we have more people speaking about it, especially people from this these types of areas that we're able to see this type of uh, success and then really speak on it so that other people are aware that don't have the luxury of this type of uh, success or the visual that they have uh, behind it. Mm-hmm. And I, and- uh, and I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was real dope what he was saying. I, and I never looked at it from that point of view because, you know, being where we from, right. Like we got a completely different point of view than someone who grew up seeing affluent black families, affluent successful black people you know, their whole life. And it's just a different point of view. And I never looked at it like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, I th- and I just real quick, I just want to mention this too. Like, just think about how we how we used to feel like if we had that one uncle or that one somebody in our friend right. friendship or family like that was doing something with themselves. And you're like, man, like, what, what you doing, man? Like, I want to be like that. You know, you would get so yeah, excited just from seeing that. Though, right. you know, no, absolutely. No, but I'm just saying just the feeling you would get from it. You know, just, just that little bit of a... Uh, excitement behind it and just you know just imagine how you would be if you were in a community that you saw this everywhere around you know what i mean so that's all i meant by that but you're absolutely right yeah um me growing up like i said i saw uh i hardly saw people you know with uh 
with affluent backgrounds or people like actually get into it, you know what I mean? And so um, when I finally got moved down to Texas and I started seeing black people driving Bentleys and the first time I went to TSU and I'm seeing Lexuses, man, I'm like, and they young, but younger than me, you know what I mean? Young. I was, I, I, yeah, I was, I was blown away. <laughs> I'm like, and shit. Right. I'm like, man, I need to get down here. This is where I need to be at. You know what I mean? Right. And then mm -hmm. um, my current mentor, shout out to you, Dylan. I know you're listening right now. Um, uh, that's the kind of how, uh, how kind of, um, um, gravitated towards him because he was he was somebody uh, prominent that I saw just working a regular job you know what I mean but he was he he was getting to it and and to me it was very inspirational and I think we take uh we, we uh take we we don't look at that in our community enough to seeing like uh people thinking that our influence and things that we have that's might seem normal to us uh as oh this is uh this can inspire somebody, you know what I mean? Because I was very inspired when I started working and I saw people, you know, uh, s several different cars, $400,000 houses, you know what I mean? Regular bike people just like me getting to it. I'm no, I, Normally it had to be a D-boy or a rapper or somebody, you know, getting to it like that from where we from, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for me moving down to Texas 15, 16 years ago was, was and seeing black people that's, get it really, that's, really that's inspired. typical of uh, a lot of places in the South. The first place I saw that was Memphis where you'd be like, mm -hmm. Damn, they, they, they doing good down here. And, and mm -hmm. Atlanta is just times, you know what I'm saying, 10, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But yep. I, Isaac Hayes was was saying, like he got a, uh, he did a Breakfast Club interview where he got a, a app called Fanbase. It's in the same vein as TikTok and Instagram. It's uh, an app for creators. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was saying how, like with for instance, Boosie was saying he got a, a Chinese company he working with. He was like, why people don't want to work with black people? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, Embolden our products, but right. No, and it was, and it was like almost, almost as soon as, as soon as they asked him, well, why don't you go to over to over to that platform where you can really maximize it and and pretty essentially be free? And he immediately started talking about, oh, well, I'm working with some yeah. Chinese people on this app, and there's nothing wrong with working with other minorities or any of that. But no, no. what's the problem with what's the problem it's, with yours? Exactly. What's the it's problem with your own? What's the yeah. problem with work with networking and working with him who already has the app up and is basically telling you? You can do what you want on this platform. For the most part, there's are some rules in a way, but here you can really max do what you want, you know. And it, like you said, it's just that level of I think it's a level of that minority mindset and also a value of like not not really seeing what people can do, what what your own people can do, and what and the power that they have behind it, especially if they have us behind backing it, you know. And this is just very important that we continue to push that, which is why we've always pushed this on our show. You know the the importance of being behind your your people. You know, so what if you don't even necessarily fully believe in what they're doing? Put some support behind it and, and see how see how it can become after afterwards. You know, be be there for people instead of just kind of shunning them, especially if they're your own. Because we don't do the same thing when we go to a Walmart or a store where they got us in line waiting forever. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't we don't sit here and say all these complaints and go go crazy versus if we go to somewhere like a black establishment, we in line too damn long, we ready to complain or I oh, see this yeah, is why yeah. we don't do the A, B, and C. This is, yeah. you know. I don't know what that is where yeah. we, I, I don't know, but you know how they say niggas be on bullshit, man. I ain't <laughs> <laughs> right. hey, you, you go you go to, to, to Macy's or something and them motherfuckers will follow you around like you still it. you all you spend your money all day. <laughs> you, you still gonna buy it, you still get it, you gonna talk crazy and be like, I'm still buying shit in here, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. It's just it's like why is that? But you gonna go to Slutty Vegan and you mad because you waiting in line too long? Well, how right. come you? Reason why you waiting in line so long is everybody in here trying to get a sandwich. Right. So and like you know, be okay with that. Understand the success that this woman at is is you know, and this business is bringing in. You know, mm -hmm. so just things like that. We just got to check ourselves at the door with certain things. Mm -hmm. Um. 
what was I going to ask you? Uh, um, we yeah, we talked we talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast. Uh, those shorts. You got your shorts yet? Yeah, yes, finally. No, go ahead and grab them. I'll let you grab them. <laughs> but uh, they still on there. They see, yeah, they still on there. He, we, we hey, talking. I, about, I'll wait. I ain't tripping. Yeah, we talking about black owned businesses. Yeah, we talking about black owned businesses and and uh and how long it takes for us to get stuff. And I, I wanted to bring up these shorts. I think because we talked about this about two episodes ago. Uh, all right, yes, yeah, here they are. When the Bucks won the ring, when, what was I that? ordered. I ordered this shit like a two days after the Bucks won the ring, bro. Got right these now. on Friday, Friday, <laughs> and this is NBA.com, right? So, yeah. like, if this was a black owned, if this would have uh, been a black maybe. owned store, oh my god, like it'd have been, ah, oh, bro, like, see, this why I don't buy from here, you know, like, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? It's just that, and not necessarily me, but like, if I would have told some homies or something like that, and I bought this from a black store or a black owned business or a apparel store, and, and I had to wait this long from since July, oh, was it July? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. come on now, it's September, come on, man. Yeah, you are. When it was I ain't never buy enough from them. Still, I ain't never buy enough from them again. No, that's that's real shit though. Mm-hmm. But man, I, so, yeah, but, yeah, I, I think we divulged enough on that shorts one. Shorts fire though. Off of this, off of this, these shorts fire. Yeah, they they super fire. I need them. Yeah, go bucks. Yeah, straight up. But uh, off of this subject, man, I had I got I had another subject kind of off kilter a little bit. But um, ha- have y'all ever shitted on yourself before? <laughs> uh full disclosure no but i took some uh some of these oxy pills hold on i'm gonna grab them too real quick <laughs> not the oxy pills but listen man now the reason i bring this up the, the re- <laughs> Kendall keep running off to the camera the reason i bring this up man because uh i was just thinking about this like man like like i i, I know a lot of people who a lot of adults who have shitting on their self stories man <laughs> like i ain't i ain't gonna be the only one Get it, you gotta oxy, say so. Oxy powder. Here we go. Hey, oxy oh, powder. Oh, hey, no, you know, you know when you uh. <laughs> this ain't an ad either. Most of the times it be with no, when they see they gonna fart and it don't be a fart. That 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 be the that be the shit. But uh, let me let me give y'all my little story. Now, yeah, I, I, let me let me tell y'all how close I got though with these, with these right here, and we not promoting. I'm just telling y'all, I'm just trying to keep my colon cleanse on, on certain occasions. But anyway, pause. But anyway. So I I was basically take take uh, I, I got I got these from my homie Kyrie shout out to him he might be watching right now, and I was just like man like you know you know this colon cancer shit all, ooh, ooh, I want to make sure when I'm older I ain't gonna have these problems and I'm trying to be on some prevention so he like hey man you should try these oxy powder pills, and he was like make sure you do this shit before you go to bed, <laughs> he said otherwise you gonna have some problems walking around so hey I went I uh, took them before I went to bed went to sleep, and bro I say around eight fifty round nine. You know how you know you know you know us. You know yeah. we sleeping. You know that fart coming or you know something like that. You gotta pass some gas. So I just thought it was one of them. <laughs> and, 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 Sadly mistake. I was about to fart, hey, but then I said, "Oh, like, hey!" I said, "Wait, I forgot what I took last night." Hey, dog. I immediately ran to the bathroom and made it in time before that fart came, bro. Because oh, it, it was gonna happen. Because oh, it wasn't God. no fart. Hey, hey, that's when you really need to be careful when you start introducing new shit to your system. <laughs> but you know, I was asleep, so you know, you waking up, you still a little, you know, discombobulated. So yeah. I'm just thinking, like, oh yeah, let me pass some gas. Like, hold on, wait. We have to wake up. Like, man, I almost, almost did everything in that bed. Hey, so yeah, that I, almost happened. Hey, listen, man, and I have to, I have to bring this up because listen, if you think that I don't care where you at, if you think 
Normally, when I because I, I have I've one hundred percent shit on myself before. I'm about to tell y'all a real funny story after this. <laughs> but, but but when you dreaming and you think yes. and you think and you think that you fucking dreaming and you going to the bathroom, it is not a dream. You are gonna it's shit on yourself. Get your you, ass you out in that the full bed. Matrix. <laughs> you in the full matrix. This is why I don't. Now dream. that I have done, I, I swear, have peed on myself before while I sleep, uh-huh. and I was dreaming that I was at the toilet and uh-huh. I pissed everywhere. <laughs> don't do it to yourself. So I have man. done that. This is why. I don't drink Seagram's gin anymore, man. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I told this this story on this podcast before. Yes, you have. I don't think you told it on the pod, but you maybe, told maybe not. I know I told y'all before, but listen, man. I, I, I was, I had got a whole handle of Seagram's gin, man, and I, I don't, remember, I don't remember what we was mixing it with. But this was when I was in the military and I was in the barracks, man. And we and I'm like, okay, so you know, I'm I'm drinking the gin. I got we we literally drink the the whole handle down to so about this much in the uh in the bottle, bro. Uh, so I'm about to go get up with some shoes. I decided, all right, yeah, I'm about to roll out. I'm about to go get up with some shoes. Go, go to her crib, man. Lay in the bed by four o'clock in the morning, dog. I think I'm going to the bathroom, bro. I wake up like, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That got to be the worst, Listen, worst bro. possible way to get do that. Listen, bro. Can you imagine going to a woman's house that you dating, bro, and just shitting all in her bed, bro? I, I, bro, I grabbed it. I grabbed. Bro, I grabbed all the fitted sheets off the bed in one fell swoop, bro. <laughs> Y'all gotta remember, he's a giant, so he can do things like that. Yeah, man, he should have bought that woman a do everything, do bro. Because you know, she. Right. And she probably had to be like, it's okay. Knowing damn well it wasn't. You know what you mean? Like, it's okay. Nigga, you shit it in my Hey, listen, bro. I still can't I still can't believe to this day that she continued to mess with me after that. I can't believe that says a lot about her. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Listen, yeah. I'm dying, dog. He must have had that garbage bag chronicle D. That's uh, yeah, yeah, I'm God. Yeah, I had I, I was a pure hobo section. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all don't know what that is, when you're homeless and you gotta you gotta you gotta have sex, you gotta you gotta you gotta F you gotta F your way into a roof over your head. <laughs> right. that's, that's the male prostitution. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dog. Damn, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. I did it. I did, I did it, bro. <laughs> it was it was a travesty. It was a travesty, hey, dog. What that shows, we love our it, listeners. It, it might happen, man. Yeah, yeah man. Hey, hey, I'm knocking on wood, bro. Yeah, don't do it I'm to you. I'm knocking on wood. Do not do it to yourself, okay? And I just no Seagrams. Hey, listen, bro. I finally, I finally got a, got a chance to see. It definitely won't be Seagrams that do it. Nah, don't, <laughs> stay away from Seagrams, bro. Listen, if you if you over thirty, don't ever drink that shit again. <laughs> just stay away from it, bro. Um, I finally got around to seeing Candyman. Y'all, um, did y'all check it out at all yet? Candyman. Yeah, so I, 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 I still like haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch it tonight. We're gonna, I'm going to a drive-in. Okay, okay. It was, oh, yeah, it was good. I'm gonna give. A, I, I wanted to give a spoiler review, but I like. Um, what, 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 what I did like was the uh, the twist of how he took it. Like, cause, like I said, I told y'all, Candyman was one of the movies that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Like, I was, yeah. I was kind of apprehensive about watching this. This one wasn't scary though. No, it wasn't scary. It was good though. I was, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I, I liked the movie. I just didn't like how they was, you know, kind of seemed like they was forcing. Forcing agendas. some things in. Forcing agendas, but I like the movie. The movie was good. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I, I did feel like those because they do that nowadays with movies, especially when it comes to black agendas. I know, though, but I don't. I want to go enjoy a movie. I don't want to hear right. your. Right, hear right, it. yeah, I, yeah. I, feel mm-hmm. I agree. I think, th- and I hope, I hope it does somewhat change because not everything has a needs a message, especially mm-hmm. something like a scary movie. Mm-hmm. I like, I like, I like, you know, the direction that they're trying to go in to showcase, like, yeah, these are people too. 
you know, yeah. they ain't just monsters. I like that little bit of that. But like mm-hmm. you said, like I'm just sometimes I'm just trying to come see a movie. I ain't trying to be super swayed into this or that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it's some sort of activist related roles or things like that, are you trying to push a um, real message? I get that. Yeah. But like not every movie them. has to have, you know, so I, I can I can kind of understand that. But I, I got to see it first. Yeah. I ain't going to comment it on too much. <laughs> I, I do want. I want to see it first. Though. Yeah, and and this is why I don't feel like the. Uh, and I feel what Blade is saying about them shoehorning black issues into um into mm-hmm. films where it really where it's really not needed. But this is why I felt di- different with uh with Candyman is because the original one, like I said, it, sc- it scared me, and most people were, were terrified from that movie as a kid. Um, and this one they kind of mm-hmm. flipped it. Uh, if y'all hadn't seen it, y'all might want to stop listening now or mute mute y'all YouTube until I'm done with this uh, review, because um, I'm definitely about to spoil it. But they kind of flipped it because spoilers. Yeah, they 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 kind of they flipped this one on, to the aspect of where Candyman was meant to terrorize us as as children, as me as a black person as killed because that was really like a hood cult, cult classic. I don't think that was one of those films out that white people was like flocking to. You know what I'm saying when it came out, and and they um, made it to where if if you call his name, he pretty much terrorizes white people for you, especially white people who have done something uh, wrong in our community, um, which which I thought was dope because I, I, I wasn't expecting that at yeah. all. I thought it was just I – was, I was just sitting yeah. up there waiting for a bunch of preachy-ass shit, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, messages like that. But I didn't get that from the film at all. I like the way they mm-hmm. flipped it on his head like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, uh, you know, just from what I – like when I was reading some of the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, it seemed like it was pretty well received, you yeah. know, even though – even from the critics and also the user reviews, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. So that I think that's ultimately what really matters, right? I mean, if it's still a successful movie and people really responded to it, I mean, I guess that's what you're looking for anyway. So, but you know, Jordan Peele is kind of seems like he's going in those directions anyway with a lot of his movies. Um, so you know, just from the previous ones that he's had, like Us and uh, uh, was it Don't or Get Out? Yeah, mm-hmm. Get Out. Yeah, and and, and, uh, and quickly before I forget, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, to the Bond family, man. Um, a good friend of ours uh, lost his sister in a um, tragic sure. accident this week. So, sure. just uh, if y'all listeners, just keep him in prayers. I know it's kind. Of, we know we normally kind of do this at the beginning, but um, yeah. I, yeah, I just I, I just was checking my text messages and I and I saw that. So definitely shout out to his family. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep his family in prayers, fam. Because that was. And if you got a sister or brother, text them, tell you love them. Straight up, straight up. Because yeah, yeah. Definitely don't need no more news like that. They ain't got to be biological either. Yeah, and onto on another story I, I wasn't familiar with. Uh, give me one second, I'm change this banner. Um, oh shoot! But uh, um, this is another story I was not familiar with at all until I think yes, no, actually this morning. It was. It's about the twelve you black firefighters. The, the tw- yeah, no, I wasn't reading the paper, but it's about the twelve <laughs> uh, black firefighters who got killed in nine eleven. Hmm. And I um. I had never heard this story before, so I'm gonna give y'all. I'm gonna pull up the article and give the listeners a little insight into this one. Um, but I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, give me one second. Kendall ran off y'all again. He keeps doing this to me. <laughs> it ain't his fault. It's all good. Um, all right, so here we go. It's uh, remembering their names, families that honor twelve black firefighters who lost their lives in 9/11. Twenty years after New York uh, City firefighters Leon Smith uh, left the ladder at 118 in Brooklyn and responded to the burning twin towers, the pain is still felt, uh, felt there. Just beneath the surface, uh, Irene Smith, a parent, watched her first responder child rush to the scene on a bright Tuesday morning. When it comes to 9/11, it, it takes me all the way back, uh, all the way uh, back to that day. Irene Smith said, "I saw the towers falling. I didn't know Leon was in there, and the t- um, when the towers were falling, that's because Leon Smith, a 19-year-old department veteran." 
typically uh, helped with uh, operate the ladder truck. So for the first two decades, Irene Smith worked tirelessly towards uh, a singular goal to make sure that the country continues to remember the sacrifice of Leon Smith and the uh, 11 other firefighters who took who look uh, like him, not remembered or honored more, but at the same as the rest uh, of the three, was it 343 FDNY members who, uh, who gave their lives that day. Oh, 343. I'm sorry. I read that like it was a unit number or something. I'm sorry about that, y'all. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will keep his name alive, she said. There are so many people who do not even know that there were 12 black firefighters. Um, like I said, I, I'd be one of them. Um, uh, Irene, Irene Smith and the FDNY uh, Captain Paul Washington both says uh, they have been there have been a number of sites uh, of the memories of the black firefighters who lost their lives that day. It's not new, it's not new, it's not unique for black firefighters to remember their own. Washington said. Washington and Smith recalled on uh, one national televised moment in particular, a scene from the episode of Saturday Night Live, uh, broadcast in these days after the attacks that uh, it was recounted that uh, subsequent. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me see. Never mind. That's that's disregard that. Uh, Every last uh, one of uh, which were white. I guess they saying that people are highlighting more of these white uh, firefighters than the black ones. So uh, here are the names of the black firefighters who were uh, lost that day. It was uh, Gerald Batiste, Vernon Cherry, Terrell, Com- Terrell Coleman, Andre Fletcher, Keith uh, Glasgow, Ronnie Henderson, William Henry, Carl Joseph, uh, Keith Roy Menard, Sean Paul, uh, Vernon uh, Richard, and Leon Smith Jr. Many of their families uh, have moved away or passed away in the, in the ten years, but in 2021, those who were still fortunate enough to have uh, to have with us, including 96 year old Ethel Henry, remain eager and grateful for the opportunity to proudly keep their loved ones and their legacies alive. Um, but yeah, because like I said, this this story was uh, completely new to me. Like I said, I obviously I was I was like 18 when 9 11 happened, but. Uh, uh, I had never heard that they uh, are these black uh, firefighters before. Like I said, everything that I've seen is always praising the, the, the quote unquote white firefighters uh, for their loss. So we, you know, we, what we do, we, we focus on black issues here. So we just want to honor them and uh, read off their names. So they want, so like I said, so their legacy won't get forgotten. So few. Say it again. I never, even, mm-hmm. I never even really thought about that, but I'm surprised there were only twelve. Right. Right. Yeah, we got friends that we got friends and family who are firefighters in Milwaukee, but Mar- Milwaukee has a large black community, so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was I, I was actually shocked that it was so few as well. What's that? New York too. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, but <laughs> but but I'm saying is it's like like luckily it was only twelve that lost their lives, but you know, because yeah. um, uh, it could have been a lot more tragic. But like I said, it, we don't we don't hear about them. Nobody says their names at all. So I, I never heard that. Yeah, I never heard that. So. Today years old, and you know me, I, I'm always trying to get into some politics. So. Exactly. Or some polit, some learning, you know, learning something politically, especially my 9/11, because mm-hmm. that has affected me quite a bit. Right. So. Same here. Same here. I joined the military after 9/11. So Absolutely. You already, know, you already know how that was for me. Hey, hey, hey. I'm I'm, I'm sorry to get back to it, but my brother texted me saying. <laughs> Say he. He's... All right. I don't even that, want... that shit ain't funny. He shit on this stuff before he had to wipe his ass with some leaves. <laughs> 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 no, not. I ain't never had to wipe my ass with no leaves before. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. All right, dog. <laughs> that's hysterical. Did they green leaves or fall leaves? All right, bro, but that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's so irritating when I'm trying to read off this. I'm gonna have to start putting the articles up on my big screen because when I'm trying to read off this phone, and I keep getting all these damn notifications. It's just driving me nuts. But uh, uh, Kendall, I'm gonna go ahead and let you introduce the uh, the next topic. Uh, well, actually, no, I, I, I did have a question for y'all before we move into the next sure. topic. Uh, how, how do y'all handle uh, racial assumptions? Like when a, when a, when a white person makes an obvious um, 
assumption about you. I think I, I think I have an idea how you're gonna answer, but when they make an obvious assumption about you based on the color of your skin, how do y'all handle that? Like, do you want to give me, me to give y'all an example? Yeah, give yeah, give me an example. Okay, yeah. so, uh, I, I recently had a friend uh, um, come up. I don't even know if y'all would be offended by this, but he's getting some work done on his house. And uh, he wasn't there, and he told the guy where he can come pick up the money at. And the guy said, um, uh, his wife came out, and the guy said, uh, he was like, oh, are you the maid? That's what he said to, to the guy's wife. And this, mm. is, her, this is their house. So, like, how, how would y'all have handled that situation? Would you have continued to do work with this guy, or would you have? I mean, that, that's, that's disrespectful, to, even if it was the maid. Like, who the fuck cares? You bring your money. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and why does that even matter? Like, why was that even a question? Right. So I, to me, I kind of feel like he already knew that she wasn't no maid, but he wanted to kind of get a rise on somebody. But I could be wrong. But like how I would have handled that, um, I personally, I probably still would have um, let him finish the job. Um, but I definitely, you know me, we would have we every every day we'd have probably had a, a Black History one on one every day before he started his job. Uh, just so that you, you know, never be that insensitive again, you know, never ask these types of questions to anybody um, without having some real frame of reference, you know, because I would I would think you really don't think that that person was the maid. I mean, come on. But, you know, I, like I said, I don't know the situation or the story, but that's absolutely how I would have handled it. You still could have been able to work, um, but, you you know, you definitely would have been hearing from me every day that uh, <laughs> while you have been working because we never going to have you say that again or at least make you think about it before you say it again. Mm hmm. And, and that's I just me that, that shit don't even get to me no more, man. I done, I done had that shit so much my whole life. That, <laughs> hey, the, the, the thing I get the most is, hey, you're really smart. Like, I'm like oh, thanks. <laughs> you're articulate. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I think? We oh, should... I, should, I shouldn't be? Or you didn't think right. I was? Like, mm -hmm. I, I get that shit. You know what I think we should start doing? We should start going around making radical assumptions about white people. Like every time we meet somebody white, we should start coming around and be like, "Hey, are, oh, you, no, I do. are you a computer scientist?" Like, instead of like you know, they ask if we play basketball. Did you ever shoot up a school or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll be on that type of time. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I think those are the type of assumptions that we should start making. But no, uh, Did you ever I, kill I, any cats? Yeah, I was just curious because the way I would handle it, the way I, the way I said I would handle it is I would I would definitely um, when when that guy came to do the work, I'd be like, oh, I see I see you met my maid. Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd have made it extremely uncomfortable for him. You know what I'm saying? I'd have let him finish the work too, but I'd have made it extremely uncomfortable for him. Uh, he, he he definitely knew what he was doing. He, that shit was unnecessary. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, that's how I feel about it as well. Um, but uh, what was the next one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Ken, I'm gonna let you go ahead and introduce this next subject about the, uh, um, the Gen Zers. <clears throat> uh, you on mute, Kendall? Sorry, my bad. I was uh, oh, okay. You yes, you good. Um, so yeah, the, just wanted to. We wanted to talk about this as well. This is uh, something that I found uh, sometime last week, but we didn't want to cover too much on the last pod. Um, but anyway, um. There's an article on the New York Post uh, that's entitled Gen Z is made of zombies, less educated, more depressed and without values. So there's a um, there's a teacher. He's out in Bakersfield, California. Um, and uh, disclaimer, we may or may not agree with these views. But anyway, um, so there's a teacher. His name is Jeremy Adams. Uh, he's out of Bakersfield, California. And generally what he does is he provides. Um, you know, gives gives his students a different way of viewing different things. So each school year, he gives the same lesson. So when he shows pictures of, and, and from what it sounds like, you know, because he's a, a, a Caucasian teacher, so I, I'm assuming most majority of his students may be um, white, um, just because of the test that he usually 
does, and I'll, and I'll give you the reason why. So he says when he shows pictures of celebrities like Kendall Jenner or Miley Cyrus to his students on the screen, they immediately recognize who it is. But when he's faced with photos or when he uses photos of like policymakers like Mike Pence or Nancy Pelosi, there's like a blank stare. Um, and he basically calls these kids uh, hollowed out. So he's, come, he's writing a book. Um, it's called Hollowed Out, A Warning About America's Next Generation. Um, he calls them hollow out because the generation lives in solitary, they basically live solitary lives. Um, he says that they're hyper-connected with technology, but they're unattached from their families, churches, and their communities. Um, so there's, there's statistics showing like teen, de teen depression that has risen 63% uh, from 2007 to 2017, while teen suicide has grown 56%. Um, and he pretty much thinks that um He's, his, his interpretation is that suicide has become the second leading cause of death for the young. Um, so he blames, blames a lot of this on the dissolution of the American family uh, for this shift. So marriage rates are down, um, you know, a number of traditional two-parent two homes are, you know, going down. Um, and so he pretty much thinks that although the studies have shown that regular family dinners um, lead to less youth, you know, less smoking, uh, binge drinking, marijuana use, violence, school programs, eating disorders, and sexual activity, basically just trying to showcase when you have a family unit and, you know, you're sitting at the table with your family every day talking about different things, you know, you, you're more susceptible to kind of, I guess, doing the right thing in a lot of different ways. Um, and, that, and there's some truth to that, I believe, you know, especially when it, I think it's very important. It doesn't necessarily have to be the table. I don't care if you sit on the floor with your family, but I think it's just very important to always have that type of uh, bond with your family. Um, that was always something that I that I appreciated even as a kid, even when I didn't want to sit around my family or I'm like, man, I want to watch TV. My mom still was like, hey, get in this kitchen, you know, get in, this, get in here, eat, eat with your family, because I think that's just very important. But anyway, um, he also noted that in the 1970s, more than 50 percent of high schoolers uh, hung out with their friends every day, quote unquote. But by 2020, that number has dropped below 33 percent. Um, so, you know, in the modern times, um, they high schoolers regularly forego um, traditional activities such as like football games, basketball games. Um, instead, they usually just go home. You know, they'd rather watch Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. Um, and he said that that explains why in 2012, 49% of teens ranked, quote, in person um, as their favorite way to talk. But in 2018, only 32% did. So that's kind of what he's equating it to. And me personally, I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be that, but I do know that communication has dropped drastically. And I think that that can be create a disconnect in a way, especially if you're just keeping everything through text. Um, uh, he also spoke about uh, modern students are constantly texting during class. So while watching like streaming or streaming services, like, so for example, nowadays, look at the students now where, you know, before, you know, when COVID was really going down, um, a lot of them had to stay in house. Um, so as a result, their attention span changes. Um, and he talked about how the, um, oh, where am I? Oh yes, the continue, they call it uh, partial, partial attention. So they're living in a state of partial attention where they have several different, uh, different streaming platforms up at once or different aspects of technology in their hand um, and not really paying attention. He said that studies show that the average Gen Z student uses five electronic devices and has an eight second attention span, which results in lower grades diminished ability to concentrate and stunted academic achievement. And I mean, I know some of us can agree to that because, you know, the way that our attention span has changed, even for um, millennials such as ourselves, um, I'm just speaking in our age group right now, um, you know, it definitely has dropped to, to an, or it has 
has changed to it in a sense, you know, where some of us don't even want to read past the headline. We like, we just like, Hey man, let me get that first, <laughs> first little blurb and then I'm, and I'm good right there. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we have a little fun, fun thing that we like to say within our, our friendships where we ain't trying to read, give me the, give me the, give me the punchline. You know what I mean? So that might be a hip hop problem. <laughs> um, but, um, and then I, I also wanted to uh, make mention of something that you brought up Jerome, when you were talking about nine 11, you said something to the effect of um, you you pretty much went uh, to the to the military after 9-11, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't know if that's as a result of you feeling a certain way about your country, mm-hmm. um, because the reason why I bring that up is because he said he also brought that up about religion and also the military aspect. So he said he, um, how how you chose to go to the military after 9-11 in 2014. Um, uh, there was a U.S. general who was quoted as saying the quality of people willing to serve has been declining rapidly while 71% of current 17 to 24 year olds are ineligible due to obesity, criminal records, mental health or drug issues. There still is a um, recent survey that highlighted that 70% of senior citizens could could pass a US citizenship test, Mm -hmm. less than 20% of those under 45 could. So you're showing that lack of awareness within the political spectrum where we don't necessarily have that same type of pride, you know what I mean? And, and and from what it sounded like, I don't know if that's what you were kind of saying when you when you chose to go to the military. It's like, hey, I want to some way fight for my country and, mm-hmm. and, be, and be a, you know, and, and be a uh, be a uh, positive in a way, you know, with with this what with, what we're currently going through with 9/11. So it's a very interesting article, um, and I like some of the things that he cited. I don't necessarily agree with everything. Um, with how some some of the things that he came up with, but obviously we see that there's a problem uh, with Gen Z because depression is real in, in in this world, and you know I don't know if it's due to these different factors or insecurities, mm-hmm. uh, but it's definitely something that needs to be addressed and looked at mm-hmm. before we leave these these people behind as we have done certain previous generations. Yeah, I really wish my trade was on this uh, this episode because we definitely just had this conversation um, uh, um, earlier uh, last week about uh, how we starting to notice that. Our kids are like are super anxious. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, my son is ten years old, um, and I and I, and I know I see it all the time in him. Like I can't even approach him like how our parents approach us. You know what I mean? Like yes. I, and um and, and shout out to Keith Moss. Uh, he just said he thinks that this generation is smarter, and uh, they don't necessarily subscribe to the old ways of thinking. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Definitely smarter, more informed. Um, but they they lack a, a certain level of connection and conventional wisdom that we had growing up. You know okay. what I mean? Um, they socially in depth. Exactly. Very socially in the net. And that's exactly what he's saying mm-hmm. uh, in that article that Kevin just read off. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, but like I said, as far as my children, I'm definitely noticing a, a certain level of, uh, of uh, anxiety. And it's, all, it's because they're overstimulated. They got iPads, phone. I mean, it was at one point yeah. my son over the summer, my son had a Nintendo Switch on, had a TV on, have his Xbox and his PlayStation on. He ain't doing nothing on his PlayStation <laughs> and Xbox, but he got the, you know, he got them on. He might he might be playing uh, Halo on the on the uh, on the Xbox, then playing. Uh, um, a fortnight on the switch. I'm looking at him like, dude, get off of that, bro. I immediately I'm enrolled. Like, hey, you the same. You the same way, man. Right. And they they refuse to do anything in person. Like, uh, they don't want to do nothing with other kids. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Man, listen. I need that shit. They, Go ahead. Unless it's virtual, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it's so different from the way we was because we was always at somebody's house. We was at one another house. We was at games. We was doing stuff. We was out. Like I don't get it. Yeah. I, I'm I'm put like this. I, I I purposely as soon as I noticed that blaze, I immediately enrolled him into a football camp. I was like, no, nah, you getting about yeah. the script, bro. Like you about to go interact mm-hmm. with some other children. And the funny thing about it is, he still, he still, he loves that. He loves, especially uh, coming. Well, we still in the pandemic, but 
you know, it was mm-hmm. coming to a head earlier this year, and um, so I felt more comfortable in rolling into a, 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 you know, something in person because he was definitely um, sitting in the house all for the whole all of last year. We did virtual learning uh, pretty much at the end of his third grade year, his second semester of his third grade year, all of his fourth grade year, and then he he just started going back into school in person. But I, I I had to get him up out the crib, man. Like I had to get him involved in something because I noticed like he was always anxious, you know, what I'm saying and everything, and you know. He's he's in that that weird space. He's about to be eleven, so that's when you start developing the attitude and and the angst anyway. Yep. But it was it seemed like it was it, it was uh, an extreme with him. Mm-hmm. But that's good that you recognize it though, because a lot of parents don't. You know what I'm saying? And that's as you know, you're plugged in. So mm-hmm. I think that you know it's a it's a because you know and I, and I don't I've you know never directly met your son outside of like Facetime and things like that. But mm-hmm. just from what I've seen, he's still a kid. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You're still instilling that in him mm-hmm. to make sure that, hey, no, nah, you're going outside. You're going to have some friends. You're going to play. I don't care what's going on with your social, uh, you know, awkwardness. And mm-hmm. I don't look I don't look at him in that same gap in the same way. Right. But I think that that's your awareness behind it. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that when you have parents that are aware and they see that, they'll help change that. But like you said, as a whole, it's changing, you know, and that's why to Blaze's point. They ain't going to football games together. They ain't, you know, they don't even want to have that same type of interactivity. You know, mm-hmm. I got a, a, you know, cousin shall remain nameless in his early twenties, and he's not motivated at all. You know what I mean? He, he you know, could have been in, going to college, and you know, he dropped out, and just he didn't feel like it was for him, and he was mostly in his dorm room just playing games. You know, and there's no real repercussion behind that. You know, and it's like you're not really looking at your future. You're just looking at right now here in your face. And, but you're still living with your moms. You know what I mean? So it's like, and, and again, he's still young, so I'm not act, looking for you to be moving up out of there. But if you're not going to do nothing with yourself, then you might need to really get up out of there so that you can grow and, and try to change up how you're doing things. But if you release them off into the wild and they socially inept, mm-hmm. to Blaze's point, how much success are you really going to have? You know what I mean? So it's like a slippery slope, and it's like you're kind of stuck in a way. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why I just, like I said, it's important to try to, really get up under this now before it just becomes, it's going to, you know, I can only imagine it's going to get worse, but it can still be stopped before it gets to a point where nobody's talking to nobody and everybody's just in their phone communicating via text. Where we heading, brother? That's why the Matrix 4 is going to be amazing, by the way. (laughs) I could just see everybody in this. That's going to be the new robot, the new bot. Like, hey, we trapped right here. Uh, (laughs) Kendall out here repping this set. I can't wait for Matrix 4. But uh, um, but now to your point um, about the social awkwardness, it it, it it blows my mind, man. Because um, this neighborhood that we moved into, I've been here about two years, and it's only about two or three kids that I see playing outside on the regular. Um, I I like it's, it's it's these two kids. They always run around. They they know my son. They come up. They came into my house when I was raking leaves, throwing leaves everywhere. I want to kill them, but anyway. Um, <laughs> they, uh, um, at least I do see them out playing and, and being That's what out. Kids the do right, 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 <laughs> right. Uh, uh, riding bikes and stuff like that. But it's very awkward now when I'm driving through the neighborhood and I only see like one or two chip, one or two kids out. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, like gone are the days are breaking breaking people's windows and running off. Not saying that we need to be doing those things. Drive down the block without somebody ball rolling. Yeah, man. Like. Yeah, or you know, just you know, I remember one. Out my, the street, man. Yeah. I remember one time one of my homies threw a pumpkin through somebody's window, and of course that was not the right thing to do. But as a kid, <laughs> yeah. as a kid, that's 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 hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. now we gotta get the hell up out of here before we get arrested. Yeah. But but yeah. just that's what harebrained things and little dumbass shit kids do. Like what happened to those types of things? You know what I mean? So that I just you know I think those things are just very important and it builds character. You know, not busting people's windows, but you know just. 
you know, sometimes you might have to hang with that friend that might not be shit. And you have to learn, like, hey, man, drop me off. I like you, but I can't do that over here. Drop mm-hmm. me off at the crib. You know, yeah. it's okay to have those types of friends, but understand that, that happy medium. And yeah. I think a lot of times we just, these kids now are just sitting in the house. And it's just, I, I kind of saw a change with my little sister's uh, generation because she's, she's 28. 28 mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. and she hated playing outside when we was kids i used to beg her to come outside you know what i mean mm-hmm. but that's when that technology started to change you know the yeah, reminder yeah. timers digital cable you you, you, you can that, set it was the same way i don't remember her ever playing outside yeah huh he said he don't remember his sister I don't ever remember my sister ever playing outside i'm yeah. not mentioning that it's yeah I'm telling you, bro, like, I think it started with that generation, just the level, the technology that was changing. And like I said, my little sister was gifted. Like, she used to have reminder timers set, like, Kendall, we can't go outside because Rocco's Modern Life come on at four. I'm like, fam, can we? Let's go play. <laughs> I'm like, I used to tell her, like, you ruining my life. <laughs> you know, because as a kid playing outside was everything. You know what I mean? So, you know, unless you had some kind of job or something that you was doing. But, you know, I, I just think that's where it's changing. I yeah. get up in the morning, be gone all day, come back yeah. dirty and stinking. Mom, lived outside. Yeah. Like, lived lived outside. That, that just raised a, a bigger question uh, in my mind um, as far as, do y'all think a lot of this has to do with the fact that we really don't have communities anymore? Yep. I think it's something to do with that, but also There's just a, a lot, lot of factors. It's, it's so many technology factors that mm. contribute to that, but technology is big. And it's just like Rose said, they, like the community's not the same. Everybody not mm-hmm. tied together like they used to be. Because yeah, I don't know right. none of my neighbors. Yeah, right. I know, I know, t- I know two of my neighbors, and I've been mm-hmm. and I've been living here two years. Like on the block that yep. I grew up in, y'all know how y'all know how Milwaukee is anyway. But on the block that I grew up on, I knew everybody on the block. Everybody yep. was down there, family. Yep. Everybody. Yeah. So. Dang, yeah, that's, that's when we great. play. When we play, you know, hide and seek, you know, outside, mm-hmm. I, it was thirty of us. You know what I mean? And yeah. they come, they came from blocks, so from forty second to thirty seven. You know what right. I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's how we were. You know what I mean? But there's no, there's none of that now. A lot of these kids are afraid. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> they don't fact. want to talk to each other. They they don't want to reveal who they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They 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 live by these filters and this this false false narrative stuff. Like it's just even though we live in an information age, you know what I mean? Where you can get any information you want for the most part. But I just think that we said that awkwardness, that social ineptitude, all of that encompasses uh, one, you know, one big thing. And it just needs to change, like you said, with technology and like you said, lack of community. That's definite for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I was, I, yeah, I was, I was just I was just thinking about that. Well, let me switch up. This so this so we got to get rich and just create our own community. Fact, facts. That, that, that's what we're working towards. Like, let me start over. I need to have a kid first. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, de- you definitely got to get busy, man. You got to get your DNA, you got to get your DNA out here in these streets. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't gonna tell I ain't gonna tell the listener what you've been doing with your DNA for the last uh, twenty years. <laughs> no, hey, oh, oh my, my fat, my bad. Pause, Godly. Hey, I didn't even hear what I said, bro. Pause, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man, uh, hold on a second though. Let me switch up this topic. All right. Uh, this 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 is gonna, we're gonna call this one the, the whitest whites. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why this do we think this is so great, funny, right? though? Why, why? No, I, I, listen, I have no idea why this is so funny. Uh, Kendall, I, no, I'll I go ahead and read this one off, man. This is, I, I'll, I'll read it. Go ahead, Blaze. I'll let you rock with this, my bad. It's, uh, okay, the, <laughs> the whitest paint in the world has been created in the lab at Purdue University, a paint so white that it could eventually reduce or eliminate the need for air conditioning. Uh, they And they set a Guinness World Record for the whitest paint ever, which is I didn't know was a record. but Dang. And the, the, the point, <laughs> the point of them creating this was to fight climate change and save energy. And so, so making the paint really reflective also made it really white. Said according to Purdue University, the, the paint reflects ninety-eight point one percent of solar radiation while also e- emitting infrared heat. 
Because the paint absorbs less heat from the sun than it emits, the surface coated with this paint is cooled below the surrounding temperature without consuming power. So um, using this paint, you cover your roof with this paint, uh, a thousand square foot roof could result in cooling power of 10 kilowatts. So it's, it looked like it's effective. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it, <laughs> <laughs> the, the feature oh, that makes the paint ultra white is very high concentrate concentration of chemical compound called barium sulfate. So mm -hmm. it, scientifically, it works, but I want to see this this paint is, and how bright is it? The, the the whitest paint in the world. The whitest. The white. The white. The whites are at it again. <laughs> hey. Um. But no, that's. I, I thought that was extremely, uh, extremely interesting because it definitely helps with. Uh, my question is, right. why does the paint have to be oh. white, my brothers? Why does it have to be the whitest white? Why does it have to be the whitest paint, my brothers? <laughs> I, I agree, brother. I agree, brother. <laughs> no, I hate you so much, Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are wild out. Hey, I, but what I was about to say is, I think this is in the effort to reduce global warming, correct? No, no, definitely that was the goal in mind. No. That was the yeah. Mind. Yeah. So I guess we can we can be okay with and these whites. The, they wasn't intending to make the whitest paint. They was trying to make something that was reflective that that shielded from the heat. Mm. Right. And that was the result of okay. that. That's dope. Yeah. It said the typical commercial white paint gets warmer rather than cooler. Um, Paints on the market that are designed to reject that heat reflect only 80 to 90% of the sunlight um, and can't make surfaces cooler than their surroundings. So that's pretty much what Blaze is talking about. And that's why they came up with that color. So, yeah. So I, I was just being funny, but which yeah. is hilarious, by the way. Yeah. No, that, that, like I said, we can be cool. We can, we can be cool with these whites, though. I'll, I'll rock with these whites. <laughs> But hey man, you save me on my energy bills. <laughs> straight, straight up, whatever gonna save us some money. <laughs> hey, um, y'all got anything else to add? <laughs> y'all got anything else to add before we wrap up? I'm working on the blackest black paint. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not for environment though. It's just gonna be hey, a cool no, but black. But what you think the, the uh, like a black paint would, would uh, deflect more heat? Wouldn't you think that? It probably would. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It would. I'm about to call it uh, Chinese black. All right. Why? So, just why, so y'all know. Why are you calling the paint Chinese black, dog? It's going to be exotic. Because it, it can't be black, black. It can't be black, black, because it ain't going to get bought. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> I feel you. Chinese black. You're here, good. You're here, bro. Hey, I, yeah, you, you completely lost me, bro. <laughs> oh, my God, dog. I'm so done. Hey, go go Brewers, man, before we out of here. Go Brewers. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And Jason, your ass did. Uh, you might not be watching, but your ass did. Mm -hmm. I think the Brewers play today too. So, go Brewers. But it's football, so you know. Yeah, yeah. No, we know what y'all watch. They, they won't be. They won't be getting watched today if they do. Right, right. I, I got you. You ain't wrong. Mm -hmm. I think it's later on anyway. But yeah, you ain't wrong. I just, I, th this nigga, my, all right, dog. My Trey is in the comments, dog. He's supposed to be on the show. He said we're going to name the paint Osaka. <laughs> he said we're going to name the paint Osaka. There it is. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we really, we really ain't getting it bought then. <laughs> Isn't that that tennis player? It's with that rapper. Right. <clears throat> Damn, I'm dying over here, dog. Kendall. Is that Serena's cousin? Mm-mm-mm. <clears throat> But yeah, man. Hey, listeners, we appreciate y'all for too. They call me Karen White. Karen White, yeah. Karen White. <laughs> Karen White. I like that. That might work too. 
Uh, hey, that that shit'll sell out. Uh-huh. Karen White. <laughs> Like, that might be a clothing line. Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> hey, motherfuckers be like, oh, that shit real white. I'm for the bottom of that. <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, we can call it, call, no call the police white. <laughs> oh, damn, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. White lives matter. <laughs> Branding. Mm-hmm. But, man, yeah. listeners, listen, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, and we will be back next Sunday with another episode of Unlabeled the Podcast. And also remember to stream this on your Apple Podcasts, your uh, Spotify's. We everywhere, man. We on YouTube now, so officially. Uh, we try to give you a little bit of extra on the uh, on the podcast side. We kind of incorporate some music and stuff. Uh, YouTube is real tight with their uh, with their restrictions over here, so we can't really do live music or whatnot. Um, and also, if you like to support the podcast, go to the link in the description. Uh, you can donate as little as ninety nine uh, cents a month. To the podcast, trust me, everything helps because we're doing this out the kindness of our hearts, trying to keep y'all informed and entertained. Um, also, uh, what's that? what else we got? Merch, the merch. Go to the merch site. Uh, it is nolabelmerch.com. We got some pretty dope stuff over there. I think y'all like it. Uh, or, or like I said, if y'all don't like it, tell me what I can do to help y'all like it and help y'all buy it. <laughs> and uh, the more the more y'all buy, the uh, well, eventually we'll start uh, marking some stuff down and getting uh, getting these things on sale for y'all. Um, but like I said, anything y'all can do to support this podcast, man, make sure y'all uh, click the links in the description. They're all there. Um, and the Karen White t-shirt is on the way, too. Can, yeah, we, we got we got to get right with PPM and Karen White. <laughs> and it's just the Karen White shirt is going to be a straight white shirt with nothing on it. So <laughs> we, <laughs> but it's going to be expensive. It's going to be a $26 white tee. That's what we're going to say. <laughs> hey, man, but we appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Alex.